Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. This is a special episode. This is a, the countdown results show over the last month. Uh, last month being June. Uh, we had our audience vote and send in their top 20s and top 50 sci-fi movies of all time lists. Uh, we did our own list, of course, last year. We did our own special talking about our two top 50s. This, however, is the results based on the list that everyone else sent in. And this is going to be part one of two of us revealing what those results are. Now, Tara does not know what the results are, so I, did, I had to do the math. I had to do all the, the point allotment based on what was being sent in. And Tara's here to react in shock, horror, and... This is a birdemic list. And maybe occasionally uh, uh, acceptance. I don't know. Uh, so that that is that's basically it. There's not really a whole lot to explain uh, beyond that. So top 50, voted for by our viewers, our listeners. And we're going we're gonna to work through numbers 50 through 26 on this part. So... And I'm premiering this on YouTube, so if you're in the chat watching this as it premieres and chatting away to each other, hello. Uh, but uh, to everyone, welcome to the show, and we will get started. I, I guess the only thing I'll say before, or like discuss before we actually start with the ent entries is, like, do you have any expectations? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm expecting to see all the big ones. Sure, but well, I guess what I mean is rather than like specific movies, like are you expecting the things that we have unanimously kind of been against in the past? Like, are you expecting stuff that we yeah. don't like? Yeah, okay. I'm expecting Blade Runner. I'm expecting <laughs> all the Star Wars movies, although I like them. Mm. At least like Empire is going to be up there. Which I don't think we had any. Well, I had Star Wars on my list, the first first one. Yeah. No, I was just, just curious. I think I'm interested to compare this to our list. And... I also expect to see Serenity, which is a movie that doesn't belong on the list. Do you shut your <laughs> mouth? <laughs> Look, you want to argue it should be lower down than where I had it, then fine. But it absolutely deserves to be on the top 50, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't expect to see Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, on the list. But, that you know, it's a shame. People just don't recognize it for the glory it is. I think people recognize it for exactly the glory that it is. Yeah, see, I knew it wasn't on here. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know, I've not revealed a thing. I've not revealed a thing. No spoilers. Uh -huh. No spoilers. Okay, so let us, let us begin then. Um, and there are some surprises here or there, and it's interesting to see kind of how much our audience lines up with us versus, in other cases, how they don't line up with us. So Hey, maybe we influenced a lot of people's opinions just from our discussions. We go pretty in-depth, after all. Yeah, it's very possible. It's very possible. Fixing people's movie tastes since 2019. <laughs> so you're saying The Blob is number one. Oh, it's a lovely thought, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lovely thought. We shall find out. Starting with number 50. Number 50. It also be curious to see, like, just as we go through this, like, which ones we've reviewed already and which ones we haven't. <laughs> yeah. But starting with number 50 is The Road Warrior, Mad Max 2. 
Cool. Probably the best one other than Fury Road. It was always considered the best one until 2015 when that possibly changed. Uh, I suspect Fury Road will be on this list higher. It's um, it's a really good movie though. Like it's the one that spoke to me the most out of the first two. I, I you know what? To this day, I still haven't seen. Pardon me. Beyond Thunderdome. That's a shame. I mean, I, I it's, it's not as good, but like, it is pretty fun. It still has like a lot more of the. When I think about Mad Max, I do kind of think of Beyond Thunderdome, just because there's so many characters in it that reminds you of like the that that universe it's got tina turner she's great yeah now the second one's really good though because uh road warrior has the you know it does that thing early on where it's just, he's got the shotgun but he doesn't have any rounds for it and it kind of like you know it becomes then this big part thing in the movie or even just the idea at the town that he ends up kind of protecting it's like the reason mm-hmm. why the raiders want it is because they've got an oil tanker and oil's so rare and so valuable in this post-apocalyptic wasteland that that becomes kind of this valuable commodity. I mean, not that countries might may, may or may not go to war over, you know, oil and things of that nature, because they very well may, but this is like a microcosm of that with mm-hmm. with wacky dudes. And even, even something like the Fallout video games is inspired by how the people in this movie look and the costumes and the cars and the, all that kind of stuff. And the Italians have got an entire subgenre from the eighties that was just about ripping off and doing cheap road warrior knockoffs. Uh, there's tons yeah, of them. I guess. I mean, we haven't reviewed the movie yet, so we'll when we talk about it, we'll have a lot more to say. But it is, it is pretty cool to have like these post apocalyptic, excuse me, not lipstick, post apocalyptic worlds where. Like, so much of modern technology is a commodity, like vehicles and gasoline and oil and stuff like that. Um, whereas, you know, any other movie about the apocalypse would be... You would think we would just re- revert back to just living off the land and stuff. But not the case when you have no land. <laughs> yeah. Well, pl- plus I think the idea that we wouldn't accept and just accept that stuff we had before is gone. We'd start fighting mm-hmm. for it. Like, yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. So, no, mm. it's a it's a good action movie, uh, and it's definitely much better paced than the first one, from what I recall. But it's been a long time since I've watched them, especially the first one. So, uh, when we do get around to doing these movies, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how how I feel about them and how they hold up and and so on. But uh, Road yeah. Warrior was always the one that stuck out the most to me out of the two I'd seen. So, cool. Number forty nine is. Gravity. Okay. Cool. Fun. Fun movie. I only saw it once in the theater and uh, was fortunate enough to see it in IMAX and it felt like a ride and I've always sort of thought of the movie as a ride and not really much of a movie. I don't know why. I mean, it has all the ingredients. I just always leave it off my list. I saw it at least twice. I think I might have seen it three times in the theaters. Uh, Never in a 3D though. I always saw it in 3D. I'd already given up on 3D by that point because it's... uh, just just cause I don't have to yeah. explain that I mean I'm not a huge fan but Gravity I thought was kind of worth seeing in uh, 3D for, for me though like, the music was phenomenal especially towards the end uh, I love a character on their own having to do all the problem solving and putting it in space where it's all about you know try to like orient yourself and get to the right little stations and, and whatnot. yeah 
Plus, how do you get back on Earth when you're just a stranded astronaut in space? Like, it seems like an impossible mission. It's just so it, it is a fun, like, problem solving film. Yeah, it's super thrilling. You know, it's a, it's a thrilling sort of adventure and survival movie. Uh, but it, it it's it's constantly gorgeous because space is just a really pretty thing because it is mm-hmm. so simple to look at. Uh, so gravity it, inspired our background. First, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I'm surprised you wouldn't say Trek because if anything, it looks probably the closest to Treks. Like, well, I just was taking advantage of what we had right now. Oh, so you don't One think of the inspirations. So you don't think uh, Trek will be up on this list then? Maybe you'll be right. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Wrath of Khan will be. Mm-hmm. We shall find out, shall we? Yeah. We shall find out. But no. Gravity's very good. Gravity's very good. And pr- probably, like, against, like, most film buffs, I actually think it's my favourite of uh, Alfonso Caronzi's films. Uh, most people would not agree with me on that. But I, I think there's something just so well done about it that uh, I, I dig it. And I've, I've dug it every time I've watched it at home and it works at home. I've never understood the argument that it only works in the theatre. Uh, I I would fight against that. But because, because to me, if your movie only works in a theatre, if it doesn't work on a different method of delivery, then your movie's a failure because then it doesn't work as a movie. Uh, and I'll stand by that, damn it. <laughs> and Gravity does, for the record. The sound design is phenomenal as well. So if you've got a good sound system, it really takes advantage of it. Number 48, another recent-ish movie, uh, and that is Dread. Okay. I mean, I had this a lot higher, but it's... Obviously, I love it. Um, We just watched The Raid not that long ago, and um, it only reaffirms why I like Dread a lot because everyone said Dread was like a version of the raid but lesser and I couldn't d- disagree more so <laughs> I like the comparison between them stupid anyway I explained that on that ra- uh, that raid review that we did for Patreon but uh, yeah. like I was like there's along the fact that they're in a building <laughs> that there's really nothing yeah. to compare them at all um, I agree this one like <clears throat> I mean it takes that idea and works with it a lot Things that I that I think would have improved the raid a little bit more, even is if it was a little bit more like Dread. Mm. But uh, Dread has obviously a great villain. But typically, how I describe it, it is the best John Carpenter movie that's not made by John Carpenter, <laughs> uh, and that is the the praise that I would give it. And I really hope that TV show that's supposed to be set in the same universe and Netflix eventually does actually happen. Because mm-hmm. I would kill, and it feels like it's doable as well. Like when you, it's a really low budget movie. It feels like, yeah, you could do a TV show of this, and it wouldn't feel like yeah. it, you have to cut corners or anything like that. Yeah, and not that you need Carl Urban, but like <clears throat> he's great. Why not get him if you can? Yeah, TV get... doesn't have the same stigma as it used to. Yeah, plus he's done TV before anyway. He's done he's done like Fox shows. Before. Oh, he's done The Boys, isn't he? Yeah. Well, even before that, though, he did. Uh, was it Almost Human? Was the Fox show he did? So, I don't know. He's not, the point being, he's not against TV. Like, there's, there's several examples of him doing TV. Yeah. So, okay. I, I wouldn't uh, rule it out. Uh, I want Anderson back as well, admittedly. But, uh, yeah. Yes. But it's a, it was, it's a gritty sci fi action movie that's grisly and all sorts. 
And it's something that we will probably re be reviewing in the not too distant future for a couple of different reasons. Mostly you just got it on 4K. That, that's a big one. But we did do <laughs> 95's Judge Dread on Patreon like two years ago and we're yeah. really overdue for doing Dread. I just, you know. Yeah, no arguments from me. It's the all same. So, interestingly, that's three in a row so far that we have not reviewed yet. <laughs> the to-do list is building. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta leave him wanting more. Uh, and it's four in a row because number 47 is Star Wars The Last Jedi. Oh, cool. I like this one a lot. <laughs> hmm. I think it's, I think it's, well, I don't know. Last Jedi is kind of a funny one, I suppose, because it's such a like a, a civil war among Star Wars fans about it. But I, I think it maybe speaks to our audience, maybe actually not being ultra Star Wars nerds. <laughs> that that I, this is the slow. I think it is the best sequel, and I don't just mean of the original films. Like I like this one more than Empire, and more than Jedi. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh. I'm not particularly fond of Last Jedi, although for probably different reasons than a lot of the internet likes to yell about. Um, I have pacing, structure, and some, you know, I, I have... Yeah, but it's got porks. I have so. script writing craft issues with <laughs> with Last Jedi. Uh, and I'm also not a huge Star Wars guy, so it's the sort of thing where that stuff like really fails for me in, in, in a movie like Last Jedi, because if I, I, I don't care enough about the the lore of star wars to fall back on if i'm not like enjoying it it's just a, a raw movie on its own as it were well, sure i mean i think a lot of star wars fans felt betrayed <clears throat> by the decisions made for the film because it sort of put a magnifying glass to the different tropes that we get in star wars all the time and you know it doesn't just get a pass because it's a thing we love and i think um I think the director really said, no, I'm going to make, I'm going to acknowledge that and, you know, make something interesting and new and exciting and uh, beautiful to look at and uh, plus Porgs. Like, it, it's definitely the best sequel. I appreciate the attempt at all those things. I don't know if it pulls off exciting <laughs> or <laughs> some of those other words you threw out there. But I mean... I appreciate the attempt, though. <laughs> okay. I think that I think that's important, though. I appreciate the attempt that it wasn't just another Toham sequel because I, I always say that. Um, so I think that is important. Okay. But yes, last Jedi. That's number forty-seven. Number forty-six. Five in a row. Oh my god! Do we even have a podcast? <laughs> well, that's this one's for sad reasons, though. Number forty-six is the Abyss, which. Oh okay. I love I love dearly. I haven't seen yeah, it in a long time. You though. are <laughs> you, we're not gonna do it because you're on like this one man protest. <laughs> it's unwatchable in its current state. This is not a protest. I just can't do it. I mean I watched it when I was a kid. Um I had I wanna say I had like a, a copy of it on VHS and it might have just been something I taped off TV or my father or something, but um yeah. <laughs> I remember the movie being great, but I was very young. <laughs> yeah, you watched it when the standard was VHS and you had a 20-inch CRT to watch it on. Of course, it, yes, this is, this is not what we're talking about. I had about. a big screen TV. It was a huge box. 
<laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but everything you watched on it was all VHS quality. They're all equal yeah. in their standard. Well, I'm just saying my memory of the movie is quite good, and I like it a lot. Oh, it's great. So, I love the movie. I love the underwater I appreciate setting. being on the list. I love the characters. Like, the cast is great. Ed Harris is fantastic in it. Uh, obviously, you do have to watch the director's slash special edition uh, because what, what they take out of it for the theatrical cut is insane. It is insane what they took out of that movie uh, for the theatrical version. So um, whenever we do eventually get to do this because they finally did a, a remaster and we can we can watch it in HD or dare I say even 4K, then it'll be, should be the special edition. I will not settle for anything less because that's the important cut but you know it's just got aliens in it it's and you know cameron loves to work with the underwater and i i do i do genuinely think this is cameron's underappreciated film uh, it's the one that gets lost in the shuffle um when Not i piranha. think well it's piranha 2 but uh no. i mean i've not seen piranha 2 but I, I don't think even he considers that a real James Cameron film. That's just kind of like, that was a work for hire when he he didn't have a say in what he was doing. I'm a big fan of Rambo 2. Or Rambo First Blood Part 2. I mean, it's a fun movie, but he didn't direct that though. <laughs> he wrote it. Yeah, I know he wrote it, but he, he also co-wrote Strange Days. But we don't really talk about that, but a Cameron movie either. Not really. So, you know. This is great though, but I can't recommend anyone watching right now because you'd have to watch it in crappy, not just standard definition, you'd have to watch it in non-anamorphic standard definition, which is a whole other kettle of fish. I won't explain what that means because this will go on forever, but, and I can already see the, the gears in Tara's head turning, check the time. turning into hate. And then laser beams already come through the screen and melt me, or something to that effect. Yeah, that wasn't menacing at all. Uh, <laughs> number forty-five above above abyss, above dread. All of these are above abyss. Above above gravity, above road warrior. Number forty-five. Is the Hunger Games? Oh, okay. <laughs> the first one? Yeah, the first one. Yes. Okay. I I haven't seen all of them, but I thought I remember the first one not being very good. But um, sorry, I mean uh, it has its fan base. It's a cool premise, and you know it's it's the right kind of sci-fi. You know, it's ripe for for filmmaking. It's got a it's got an allegory kind of message it's uh puts you know our society under a microscope and um you know good ideas not a great movie to watch though <laughs> i mean it, it only exists as a movie because it was raiding the young adult uh book to movie craze of the time period you know twilight basically is why it, it was able to be made. That's this this beyond, and to an extent Harry Potter, I guess as well. But you know, it's kind of a knock on effect. Um, I'm not against uh, young adult adaptations, so like 
Oh, well, I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying that that's what it is. Uh, it's one of the better examples of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not as painful to get through. And the second movie I remember thinking was all right. Uh, I remember the second one being a little bit more interesting. I think I remember that too. I I I I didn't see the the last two parter one, but I think I saw the rest. I did, and it was it suffered because they spread it over two parts, and also because, uh, from what I understand, even the people who like the books don't think the third book is as good. So, uh, that I re- was. I do remember the first one not being as gory as I was expecting. <laughs> I don't know why I was expecting that for uh, a young adult. Well, that was that was um, my main complaint. But, like the premise of it was like so. Well, okay, I, I wasn't going to go into this, murder. but since you brought it up. My main complaint about the first movie is that for a movie about kids being forced to kill each other, it was far too lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's okay that some of them are good, but like, yeah, I was expecting, you know, a bit more. Maybe like, I guess I was expecting Battle Royale, <laughs> but I shouldn't have been. Battle Royale's a better movie. I'll just uh, throw that out there. Hunger Games is is, is perfectly fine. It's a, mm-hmm. it's just fine, <laughs> and no more. Yeah, well, the, you know, it has its fan base, and I understand. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, of all the young adult film adaptations, it's probably it, it probably is the best one. Yeah, there's a bit else you count as young adult, I suppose. I th- I'm sure there's probably something technically that's young adult that's actually a really good movie, and I just have to go hunting for it. So, yeah, yeah, no generalizations here. Are you, are you telling me? No, I'm just making okay. a, a broad statement about <laughs> our show. Okay, about generalizations. I, I, I was I was going to like have a punchline by saying something that was really generalizing, but then you jumped in with a question. So now the moment's gone, and it won't be funny anymore. Well, there was, there was a significant pause there. I know, because I was trying to think of what the funny thing should be to say. I didn't have it yet. <laughs> okay, yeah, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, that's number 45. Uh, number 44, and our streak of we have not reviewed these yet, <laughs> 10 years, with Return of the Jedi. I mean, I, I I do love it. I I am a Star Wars fan. Um, you know, Return of the Jedi was probably my favorite when I was a kid, just because of uh, mostly the opening Jabba's palace scene with all the cool, quirky-looking aliens and um, the puppets and all. I don't know. Just getting to see Luke Skywalker show up as a Jedi in the beginning, like wearing all black, and you're like, okay, he's not the boy from the small moisture farm anymore you know that was a very powerful scene i i it's good i I really love it but it's you know it's it's good to watch when you're a kid <laughs> i would say it's the weakest of the original three um i i do think the fight with darth vader at the end is fairly well done mm-hmm. but a lot of the plot on the planet for the most part feels oddly like I don't want to say filler. That's maybe a bit harsh. But it just kind of feels like they had to think of something for the rest of the characters to do. So this is just what they're doing. And the only thing that's really in the movie that matters is the confrontation with Luke and Vader. But, it, you know, it, it, 
it's fine, but it's this definitely the weakest of the three for me of the originals. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I really like the opening Jab- Jabba's Palace stuff. I like the moon of Endor, but I think that is where it's like it at its weakest for sure. It, do you know what it feels like? It feels like you know if you're watching a Star Trek, right? This the, the third movie feels like a lot of the middle of the movie is just one of those random like singular episodes that's just kind of uninteresting and they're just oh they're on a planet helping a species or something and then then the last 20 minutes like the opening in the last 20 minutes are like them remembering to go back to the, oh we're supposed to be here to finishing off the star wars story well it does feel like they had a you know we have to finish luke's story but uh what, we, what is everyone else going to do okay well there's going to be another death star <laughs> yes which is about the most uninspired thing they could have possibly but it's still fun, and you know, <laughs> when you're a kid, it's another Death Star is an, an amazing reveal. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, uh, I don't remember, watching I don't... it as an adult, it does feel like a step back. Yeah. This was always my least favorite, even when I first saw them, when I was like 10. This this was always the one that just felt, felt weirder to me. I don't think I knew that there was such a thing as a bad movie until I was like 16. Uh, so, so you saw a good bird garden theaters then, did you? And thought, this is, this is gold. <laughs> if there was a movie I didn't really enjoy, I thought, well, I'll I'll like it more when I'm older. I'm sure. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Good Burger, <laughs> you saw Good Burger, thought, you know I what? Never, I've never seen Good Burger. <laughs> this is this is one that I'm not going to get the nuances of until I'm at least eighteen. <laughs> I, I've never seen Good Burger. There's some movies that I just knew I wasn't the demographic for. <laughs> Plus, I think I was older when that film came out. I don't know. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't grow up with Nickelodeon shows. That was like ninety eight ish. I thought I wanted to say ninety seven, ninety eight. So I, I don't know. Keenan's in it, right? Yeah, Keenan and Kel. I I've never seen Keenan and Kel. But I've seen <laughs> Keenan because he's been on Saturday Night Live for like twenty years. That that was the appeal <laughs> of Good Burger. I I didn't even because it was actually like a spin off of a sketch show that we're also on because they had a sketch on the show that was Good Burger and that's what became the movie. But that never aired in the UK, as far as I know. Or if it did, it didn't air as often as Keenan and Kel. So, to me, it was just a Keenan and Kel movie. And I was like, oh, they give them these wacky characters. But <laughs> Okay. But Well, it, this is not on our list, so let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is how interesting Return of the Jedi is, okay? Surely we have more to say about Return of the Jedi, but that's okay. Well, I've not reviewed the Star Wars movies yet. I'm saving all my good material for when we review them. Okay, good material. What do you mean? We have good material. Yeah, let's uh, move on. What's the next one? Don't this. The, 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 the one thing that we have as a show is material. And the only hope that we are good is that that material is in fact of the good variety. And you just implied that we do not have said thing. No, I'm, I'm assuming your good material that you're saving for is like your your tight five that you're going to have on your Star Wars, like, hatred. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm skeptical of. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Okay. We shall see. Oh, those Star Wars reviews are going to get me a lot of hate. Uh, so, 43. Number 43. Uh, the streak of us not reviewing something continues <laughs> number 43 is very different to everything so far i'd say and that is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yeah we haven't reviewed it but we love it yes yes it's a very good film 
Uh, it's very different from everything else so far as well, so... Good performances from Jim Carrey and uh, Kate Winslet. It's mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the, the more cere cerebral, trippy sci-fi of someone having their memory erased of a relationship because it's too painful to deal with. But then realizing over the course of the film that they'd rather keep the memories and remember the love they had than, mm -hmm. you know, better to have loved than lost and something, something. Yeah, very, um, very deep film, very, very cool sci-fi, like almost like almost comedy sci-fi and it, it, it is very out there very weird but um but it's very indie drama but, and it's feeling though It'll yeah be... everything everything's very strong um all the performances even the ideas and the um even the like so much of it takes place in the mind of a character and like where those opportunities of what you can do with like the sets and the like the 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 enclosed feeling of being trapped in somebody's mind with them like it's it's really really well done and it does seem like a very indie film when you watch it but i don't think it is uh yeah. it's relative i think it's relatively i mean it is focused feature so it's not that indie but like you know i, I think it's a low budget movie though for sure like you know I'll, yeah. I'll, jim carrey and kate winslet were by far the most expensive things on the on the the bell sheet <laughs> yeah elijah wood was available elijah wood doesn't cost a lot you know what? I, it doesn't <laughs> even matter that it was right after lord of the rings he was still you know probably from a couple of pizzas and he was probably there he was probably game probably he's he's a good dude mm. he'd work for pizza uh so that's the terror sunshade as well as mine uh number 42 the street continues <laughs> children of men <laughs> You know, I've not seen it. <gasps> uh, well, that'll be an interesting way to review that if it's the first time watched for you when we get there. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen it. Uh, it I've a very, seen clips from it. That's it's a all. very well-made movie. It's also a very oppressive and depressing movie in its tone and its mm -hmm. atmosphere. But it's very memorable as a result of that. And it's got a lot of things going for it. Um, the direction is a standout thing, but there's a lot of interesting ideas. There's some wonderful sequences where the you know the camera you know there'll be a winner or there's a great sequence with a lot of trickery involved where they sort of did this spinning shot from inside a car and they sort of did like a lot of a scene from just this one shot inside the car but, but given on what's going on outside the car it's actually quite impressive they were able to pull it off so it's um yeah a technical marvel if nothing else um I've only seen this the once I think so even for me I can't really talk about anything else why it's great because it's been too yeah. long but well sometimes the really depressing ones are hard to rewatch. Mm, yes yes um i agree so there mm -hmm. you go um that is uh children of men at number 42 and at number 41 the streak is broken finally something that we have reviewed in our 120 plus episodes Number 41 is The Truman Show. Oh, right. We love this one. We do. This was a really, really fun rewatch and like a nice, a nice rewatch to, you know, people can kind of dismiss The Truman Show as like a, a great sci-fi film. Like It doesn't come up on any list really, except for ours and obviously our audience because they're great. Mm -hmm. but well they're not that great a, they're not that great it should be higher that's not well we'll see we'll see where mystery science theater ranks but <laughs> um 
yeah, this was just such a, a fun rewatch after so much time has passed too, because not only does it hold up, but it ages really well, given the themes yeah, yeah. of like, uh, not surveillance, but like, but like what we do even like just putting our lives out there on the internet and so many people wanting to share everything that they do all the time. Mm. Uh, is that on your Patreon tier? You get 24 hours of Peter? Yeah. Watch me brush my teeth in the morning. It's your life. Are people into that idea? Nah. <laughs> you gotta have some off time. You gotta be able to switch off occasionally and just have no one seeing your just miserable face as you stare at the internet <laughs> in despair because we're yeah. all doomed. Plus you'll have to like move the camera yourself when you want to like you know use the bathroom and then the camera moves into a an open window with the curtain blowing see when we get to the 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 point that we've seen in some sci-fi shows where the camera can be on a little sort of really smart drone that i can just kind of control with a little remote mm-hmm. <laughs> having to actually physically hold the camera would make all this 24 7 big brother shit really hard to pull off so <laughs> yeah i'm sure we'll get there soon with technology i mean we won't be able to feed everybody but at least we'll have that Tara got very political there for a second. Out of nowhere. <laughs> it's just water. <laughs> it is just water. I'm not drinking. I wasn't accusing you of drinking. I, I, was, I was just... Well, I'm just letting people know because a lot of these lists, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just sip on some gin while we do these. <laughs> um, all right, so number four, Watch Truman Show. By all means, check out our review uh, of the film. It was a good discussion. and It's a great film. Uh so yeah uh, but a bit too low for my taste so i'll say that much bit, i agree but too low uh number 40 we're back to things that we have not reviewed and that is ex machina mm. yeah another really great one especially like in the last decade too um i was thinking about this movie earlier i can't remember why but alicia vikander's performance is is really quite exceptional in it also and uh, everybody's good. I mean, there's only like four people in the film and they're all really good. Um, but just a really, uh, really good sci-fi that gets under your skin when you think about it later. Hmm. It's, um, obviously it's dealing with themes that a lot of sci-fi deals with. So, you know, you, you got the AI, mm-hmm. you got the robot, you got, you know, is, is she becoming sentient? Is she becoming true artificial intelligence? You've got all those themes. You've got the themes of, you know, what is humanity, what is freedom, all those things. Um, but it, it is presented as this kind of weird case study because it is just these three characters who are in a secluded house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not that Tara was wrong with the number, there is a fourth, but the fourth one's kind of separate and different. And She's like the assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she has. I don't even think she has a single line of dialogue in the whole movie. <laughs> she can dance though. She can. She can dance. Yes. Uh, so there is that. Uh, so can Oscar Isaac. This is a... Yeah. Who is like almost unrecognizable in the film? Yeah, he shaved his head. He's got a big, great, big, great bushy beard. It's amazing how much that changes somebody's look, like to where they. I don't know. Like he even looked shorter <laughs> than he does in other movies. I think it's because uh, of his bare feet the whole time. Maybe. He's walking about his bare foot. Just yeah. I don't know. It's his fancy secluded house, I guess. Uh, <laughs> as, 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 but 
I think uh, his assistant was also very tall. Yes. Uh, it's a cool movie, though. And um, obviously, this one we'll review at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. But um, We gotta get through a lot of trash before we can watch the good stuff, though. X-Men. We've just played good things. As we'll find out, that the higher we go up this list, perhaps. Uh, although, we don't get to go all the way today. Today's only up to 26. So, we'll see how that goes. All right, so X Mac number 40. Number 39. And this just tells me that more people need to see this movie. Number 39 is Stalker. Andrei Tarkovsky's wonderful film. Yeah. Which. Uh, I have not seen. You've not seen. Which is, which is fun because, to be honest, when we get to do it on the show, it'll be really interesting to see how you react to it and read it because it is a very it's a very different type of science fiction it's a very suggestive science fiction film as opposed to actually having a literal sci-fi like in your face like happening mm, i'm out i'm just kidding <laughs> uh i i was very impressed with it and it kind of you know it was, admittedly yes it was it was scratching a lot of film snob boxes but it, it really was scratching them it was scratching them good it was getting right in there um mm. <laughs> but it is it, it's it's just this this leads to such wonderful conversation. Me and Connor actually reviewed this before we had this podcast, uh, which is why it's kind of waiting till sometime later when enough time has passed. But uh, that is easily one of the best conversations we've ever had <laughs> was after we watched Stalker. So uh, I, I I cannot recommend I mean, the the premise for anyone is is uh, curious. Uh, it's a Russian film, and there's something has landed in a, a section, but it's all kind of rumour, right? It's called The Zone. And a stalker in this context is someone who leads people in because they believe if they can get to the centre of the zone, uh, they'll find the room. And in that room, they'll be granted a wish. Uh, so the movie's about the journey into the zone, which is guarded by the military. And there's a lot of parallels to things. It's a really interesting film to go back to uh, after seeing Chernobyl, for example, because a lot of what it's doing is an allegory for uh stuff like that even though they ha- i mean it was made before chernobyl happened but there was other minor incidents by comparison to chernobyl so it's about the the regime of the soviet union then <laughs> okay well cool. in part in part not just but in part well i mean i know it's based off uh, a book um mm-hmm. like a picnic at something something i can't remember but uh, i have heard uh that 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 book is also quite worth reading. It's very good. If only I knew what the name was. Hmm. I'm going to look it up. But that's Stalker. Uh, number 38. We're back to something we've reviewed. Number 38 is The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, that's a wonderful one. Mm, that was our very first review. <laughs> it's not just it something we did was. review. It was our very first episode. Um... Now, obviously, very uh, political for its time. Had a lot of messages in it uh, about nuclear uh, weapons and about aggression, and is still very relevant to this day. Maybe not the nuclear uh, warheads part specifically, but no. But the political side of things and the frustration yes. of how humanity would handle um, a warning, uh, a global threat, even um, yeah, even though the. The movie was, you know, obviously not around during like awareness of global warming and climate change. Uh, so much of it is just 
a great parallel for it and it's um and it's just because it's just the way the world works like it, people just respond with uh it's not my fault therefore i don't have to do anything mm-hmm. um and not taking threats seriously and um there's there's such a, there's a really great scene w- between um our our visitor in the film and a child and just the way that the child mind works and asks the right questions and says well that sounds dumb and you're like yeah kid gets it like <laughs> why does all this other stuff have to be in the way really really great film uh, first time watch for me when we reviewed it and i loved it like really set the bar for this uh sci-fi movie podcast mm. and it is 70 years old this year unbelievable I know. <laughs> it's old it's an old movie yeah. uh so that's cool no it's a great movie it's a great film it holds up don't watch the remake uh, you've been warned. <laughs> uh, we haven't watched it yet. I I watched it in theaters, and I actually I don't even remember any of it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Although I I remember um, Gort being having like nanite things come out of his eyes. I remember that. Of course, the CG they had to do fancy shit like that. Yeah. It, it it wasn't enough to just have a better looking robot. They had to like do lots of tinkering and wacky, over the top stuff. So, number 37 is back to something we've not reviewed, and it's actually very related to something we've already mentioned, and that is Annihilation. And the reason why it's related to something we've already mentioned is because it's very much a spiritual, like, not not remake, but it's definitely spiritually very, very inspired by Stalker. It's actually kind of weird. Uh, just how much it is kind of a similar idea. Um, it's it's not as like theoretical as Stalker. Like it actually does. It has things happen in front of them. Uh, so it's a bit more sort of I guess traditional. Although it's still very trippy. It's a very trippy kind of sensibility to it. Um, it's a solid movie uh, from the same director, Alex Garland as Ex Machina. Um, I will say though that having seen Stalker did hurt this one a little bit for me because I think I was comparing it a little bit and it didn't compare favorably. As much as it's higher on this list, I would speculate that's just because it's a new movie that more people who submitted lists have seen versus mm-hmm. Stalker. Because Stalker absolutely should be above it. But, um, yes. Right. I, I love uh, Annihilation. I have not seen Stalker. Um, the book, by the way, was called Roadside Picnic. <laughs> I looked it up. Um, and, uh, but this is also based off a book, it's off the, the Area X trilogy, which I did read and pretty faithful adaptation, uh, a little bit difference at the end, but the, um, but I think the movie works really well as a standalone versus like the book trilogy, which answers a lot more questions. Mm. Um, I like how vague the movie ends and I wouldn't say vague, but like, mm, ambiguous. I- yeah, yeah, I guess it's a bit... Oh, the stars did the thing again. They did, um, <laughs> um, and, you can't uh, say that, actually. That, that didn't happen in this episode. So that's a reference to something that the audience may not even know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, well, you can make a note. I don't know I don't edit that. That's, that's a waste of my time. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just... Well, it's happened before in another thing. I'm just, I'm just saying, just don't mention it. <laughs> don't acknowledge okay, it. Did it happen? Um, no one saw anything. Got it. There was no star speed up here. <laughs> we didn't go to warp speed. 
<laughs> um anyway yeah the 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 movie is very dreamlike very um it it, it almost it feels like relaxing <laughs> like you're like you're looking at these really grotesque um abominations of of very familiar things on earth and um but it's somewhat it's just so beautiful the way it's um recreated and uh probably one of my favorite scenes in the last decade in films is the is the one with the scene with the bear just so monstrous and terrifying and um really really good movie it stuck out it was it was unique enough to stand out i'll say that much so that's Annihilation at number 37. Number 36, something else we haven't reviewed yet, uh, is Her. Her? Her. Egg? <laughs> uh, I love Her. Her, her is, a, yeah. is a, a tremendous film about love and loss and, and loneliness and... The performance, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, of course, is a great actor. Scarlett Johansson is a great actor when she's given something decent to work with. Uh, I say that, you know, because recently Black Widow came out and, uh, like, you know. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't like, it wasn't exactly like she got anything to act with. It was just kind of like, here's generic stuff. And... Yeah, it's kind of consistent with her character throughout the Marvel series, though. Sure, but doesn't make it any more interesting. <laughs> well, I liked it, and I really like this film. I think uh, her. I think you're right. It's a very, it's a very interesting uh, love story, of in the not too distant future setting, and it's amazing how much you fall in love with Scarlett Johansson when you watch it too. Yeah, and just to actually reiterate what the premise of this is for anyone who doesn't know. It's about a man who falls in love with his operating system on his phone. <laughs> voiced by Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. That was the premise. And it's oddly sweet. And it's very... It's actually... Yeah. I would compare it... It's not exactly the same. There's differences. But me and Connor did a movie a few years ago called uh, Lars and the Real Girl starring Ryan Gosling. And it's about a guy who says he's got a girlfriend but he keeps showing up with this blow-up doll. Uh... And you, you, I, I say that, and you're thinking this is some dumb, stupid comedy, and it is the most sincere, sweet drama about someone going through a crisis and like everyone around them, like basically being there for them and supporting them in the best. But it's so wholesome, like I couldn't believe. It. And this is kind of the same thing where you could sort of see how this could become a stupid comedy if it was handled in you know another way. Chris Pratt is in it. Chris Pratt is in it in a small role. But it it doesn't do that. It, it's actually got something to say. It's trying to talk about the themes. It's trying to... Uh, her, her's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal little film. Uh, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to us reviewing that at some point. It's also kind of a remake of a Futurama episode where Bender falls in love with the operating system on the ship. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> She's voiced by Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and she becomes murderous at the end. Like I'm not going to say for sure that... It, that her wasn't inspired by a Futurama episode, but because I don't know, maybe Spike Jones, like, watched the episode, had a thought, <laughs> said I can do even more with this, but I'm not registered it to Futurama did it first. 
It's a great show. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so that is uh, her at number 36. Number 35 is something we have reviewed, and that is Edge of Tomorrow. Woohoo! Sorry, I, I did my impression of Sabrina the Teenage Witch there. You can keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like this movie. I, I think there's a lot of really strong qualities about it. I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, the core arc is good. I love Bill Paxton's role in this. Um, so good. You know, uh, I don't love it quite as much as you do. Yeah, I love it a lot. As as we learned in the review. But, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a couple of, you know, third act. Like, we have to just get a bit more generic to, to end the story. No, the third act is when, like, shit's for real. <laughs> kind of take things like, there's no, no going just... back now stay careful of spoilers I'm not saying any spoilers I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> yeah careful I know okay. just... I love it everyone should watch it <laughs> um, it's yes. a better version of Groundhog Day boom I would agree I like it more than Groundhog Day but I don't mm-hmm. like it as much as Happy Death Day though well, that's where we differ. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? Uh, yes, Edge of Tomorrow. So time, time loop, day repeating, aliens. So big budget action mixed with uh, Groundhog Day style premise. There you go. Looking forward to the sequel. If, if ever, that's still a thing. If it ever happens, which I'm not convinced that uh, well at this yeah, point. Me neither. Quite frankly. Uh, number 34 is Total Recall. Woo! Wait, which one? It's the original. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can't remember if anyone dared to put the remake on their list, but if you did, shame on you! I don't know. I haven't seen it. I just assume it's bad. I, I haven't seen it it's either. It's not Verhoeven. But I don't care. Shame on you. <laughs> shame on people who remade a Verhoeven movie. Hmm. I mean, I, yeah. Total Recalls is is great. Um, I love the. Um, I don't know. I just Arnold. <laughs> I love Arnold. <laughs> Michael that's a, Ironside. That, that's 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 fair. Yes, Michael Ironside <laughs> is delightful. I I, I concur with this. Um, I uh, I think it's a really fun ride. Um, and and I I really like the. Uh, the question that it poses at the very end of the film, which you and I disagree on, <laughs> disagree on uh, interpretation. Yeah, um, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Not that I re- thought it was bad before, because I, I, you know, I grew up watching Total Recall, but I hadn't seen it in a long time, and mm-hmm. I didn't. You know, I, I kind of had it in my head as kind of like mid-tier Arnold. And don't get me wrong, it's not at the top of the list by any means. There's a couple of things that are definitely higher than it. But um, it definitely was elevated when I watched it again uh, for the show. And I was like, you know what? This is actually even better than I, I remembered it being. And uh, I, I was glad I did. Um, so, uh, you know, I, it's, it's it's got the one-liners. It's got the action. It's got a lot more variety of locations and sets because, you know, a lot of it's set on Mars and this future where that's, you know, normal and they've colonized and all the rest of it. Um, Sharon Stone's in there. There's kind of a femme fatale style character. There's a lady with three boobs. There is a lady with three boobs. Which Uh, leads to a really great line. (laughs) 
What was the line? I've forgotten it now. Oh, baby, you make me wish I had three hands. <laughs> uh, yes. That's the other reason that was there. I mean, Mars is full of mutants, and I know, I know, and those are really. Yeah, I know yeah. in the review, I had a response to that, but I can't remember if I cut it out because it was too <laughs> dodgy. So I'm not going to yeah. repeat it. I'm not going to repeat it in case I did cut it out because it would be too dodgy. And even if I didn't... I, I, check you know. out our review, see if it's still there. <laughs> and give so, it a like. See if my alludes comment <laughs> in response to the three hands <laughs> was... It's <laughs> still in there. I might have cut it out because I said it was too too uh, graphic. <laughs> I, I I do really like the like visual effects or the the practical effects in the in the film. Like there's mm -hmm. a really there's a a really disturbing one that's kind of it's kind of gross and hard to watch, but it's also so fascinating and just how they did it and all. And it's a uh, of like a guy who's attached to another person. I mean, you know who I'm talking about if you've seen the film. And it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like one of the most... It's one of the things that I took away from the film watching it as an adult. Because as, as a kid, you watch it and you're like, ooh, it's gross and then great. And then when you're an adult, it's like, I don't want to eat food for a little while. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. I want, I want to quote a line from the movie. But it's quite late on in the movie, so I don't want to give it away. But uh, Is it about seeing someone at a party? It is about seeing someone at a party, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so total recall at number 34 number 33 is one that we have not reviewed but i very much look forward to the day that we do and that is moon starring mm. sam rockwell uh about a man who is working a solo mission he's just kind of there to maintain things on this little base on the moon because there's like minerals or something that they're mining mostly done by robots he just sort of you know make sure it's all running properly but then, very early on in the film, he discovers a clone of himself, or a duplicate of himself, or, you know, whatever way you want to phrase it. But there's a second Sam Rockwell, and yeah. it's like, okay, what's going on? And it's kind of this discovery, and it does a lot of really smart things about how it tells you what his character arc is, based on the, the two different versions of him, and stuff like that. It's, it's really, really smart storytelling. Unfortunately... Duncan Jones, the director, has uh, since lost something seemingly. <laughs> Did he do Warcraft? You say that as if it's going to counterpoint what I just said. And yeah, I, I, mean, I don't believe it. It's... I saw a man polymorph someone into a sheep. That's a great film. Well, I also saw Mute that came after. Uh, which was yeah, I on, on paper should have been good but then was like extremely dodgy in so many ways and it left me just wondering what happened to the director that I fell in love with with Moon and enjoyed again with Source Code but Moon was yeah, the Source one Source Code was good but Moon's but it was definitely a bit of a step down though because Moon was like phenomenal uh, yeah but it also has Kevin Spacey in it it's got the voice of Kevin Spacey in it and it's gross <laughs> well yeah but you're going to ignore it because Kevin Spacey voice is a computer I mean it knocks it down a point now I'm not, that's not affecting me I, I, I wouldn't knock seven down because <laughs> Kevin Spacey happens to be in it no I know I know I'm just teasing American Beauty although I don't like his voice American Beauty is maybe the exception just because the subject is so 
mm. similar to <laughs> yeah uh, you know life uh, but uh, I'll own that um, but Moon is, is very good uh, and I highly recommend it uh, number 32 is A Clockwork Orange Ooh, we got our first Kubrick you're I mean I you yeah, assume there's I, more I, this, <laughs> I mean I didn't mean to laugh there but I assume yeah that there mm-hmm. is more um yeah, I think this is a fantastic satire about um, just uh, being part of the status quo and uh, what your environment does to you. I think it is like a nature versus nurture story, um, but it takes place in, a, again, a not too distant future, but a, a future that is like very violent and uh breeds violence basically mm-hmm. it's uh it's got a lot to say it's a kubrick movie so you know it's shot well and i think mcdowell's performance is exceptional it's stark it's uncomfortable it is well it's a bit of the old ultra violence i suppose <laughs> to put into a, phrase. Uh, a little bit of the ultra violence but yeah, it it feels like a deranged world, and it's very quirky and unique. And it's, it's you know because other other movies do deranged futures or depressing futures or dystopian futures. This is a mm-hmm. dystopian future all into itself and all into its own weird sensibilities. And I, I, you know, I'm sure some of that is probably from the book, but a lot of it, I imagine, does come from how Kubrick chose to shot it. And there's a very stark style to the cinematography and all these things. So it's, you know, it's, it's a great film wonderful but definitely one like i'm pretty lenient when it comes to like you know yeah i don't think you have to be 18 to watch die hard but a clockwork orange is one that i'm like no uh, no wait till they're <laughs> it's an r yeah, yeah. Wait, wait wait till they're really like you know maybe not 18 but 16 certainly wait till they're at least 16 before you're showing someone a clockwork <laughs> orange yeah also i mean it tends to be like a a Halloween costume for like 18 year olds anyway around here. I don't know. Like maybe there's like a, there's like a, an, a certain age where um, like young men get like the wrong message from the film. Kind of like, uh, like the Joker or something like that. Um, where something resonates with them and they're like, I want to be this guy. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, that's unhealthy. It's a thing I've noticed unhealthy yeah. is what I'll call that. It's a red flag. Yeah. Yes. Well, they get over it. Yeah. But uh, side note here, though, it does have also one of the best porn parody titles that ever existed, which is a Clockwork Orgy, which is just phenomenal punning, mm-hmm. <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I always like the boner collector. Tell me the villain in that is a woman. Just, <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> but I hope it is. I, I hope that's actually. Like a, I hope that's the plot. Is that the villains collecting like like Bonus. Ha- having sex with men and then cutting it off because <laughs> the collect just collects the bonus. Lorena Bobbins, all of them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> She's just got like a like a rack in the wall with all the. <laughs> I just watched Hellraiser. That sounds like a Hellraiser thing. <laughs> This is uh, oh, this is my wall of, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, my collection. 
<laughs> All right, uh, moving on swiftly uh, to 31. Star Trek for the voyage Ooh. home. Yeah, this is probably the best one. <laughs> what did Am I say? I to acknowledge well, it now? No, what did I say? What did I say? I said, don't acknowledge it. <laughs> We just went to warp speed during the Star Trek reveal. <laughs> now, now we're talking about it even more because now we're like, should we acknowledge it? Do we acknowledge it? <laughs> okay, the stars just went to warp speed when you said Star Trek Four. It's appropriate to acknowledge it. All right, uh, I won't say any more, but yeah, I don't know. I go, I go, you know, back and forth on what my favorite Star Trek movie is because they're all tens. So it's hard to like oh, come on. pick, but when I was growing up, four was my favorite. Star Trek Insurrection, a ten. Yeah. No. I'm not going to spoil why. No, 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 no. Have you seen it? Yes, I've seen it. So then you know. Yeah, it was like a bad episode of Next Gen. I, I, I concur. Um... Instruction's great. It opens up with a Gilbert and Sullivan song. I don't know who that is. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so yes, Star Trek Four uh, is actually my favorite of the Star Trek movies. Uh, it is just so fun having the time travel element where they they travel back to present day uh, of nineteen eighty four and or eighty six. I think it was eighty six, uh, and interacting with people in San Francisco. There's just so much fun of having them interact with the real world as it was known at the time uh, that it's impossible not to just find a lot of it charming. It's impossible. And it makes a couple of bold moves towards the end as well, I think, that I don't think most movies with this plot would do. So, yeah, I, I there's, agree. A, there's a lot to love in Star Trek for the Voyage Home. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- this one always was my favorite one growing up. I think Five's my favorite now. Um, because you're a weirdo? I just I'm as a super fan. But hitting the head a few too many times. The, <laughs> I love the slice into the brain of William Shatner. And that's what we get in five. But <laughs> I should make a Spock's brain joke, but oh well, it's too late now. Um But four yeah, four has all the right messages. It's uh it's actually a Save the Whales movie, which was very important at the time and still is important if you ask me as an environmentalist. Um and yeah, it's uh it's great. It's funny. We get Spock in his I don't know, in his weird outfit, (laughs) his terry cloth uniform. Um good, good, good movie. Great movie. Ten out of ten. Uh, One day we'll review them. I'll just move on to number 30. Okay. Which is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I figured this one would be the highest, so I don't think we're getting it anymore. If we do, it could be Undiscovered Country or maybe even First Contact, but unless there's some like weirdos who love the motion picture the most. Motion picture's great. It is great. It is a 10 out of 10. Totally. Yeah, but you just said Insurrection's a 10 out of 10, so you're, you're compromised. Your opinion's compromised on this subject. <laughs> I do actually really love the motion picture. I think it's uh, the best looking of all of them. I can get um, on board with that, yeah. Yeah. And um, 
yeah two is probably the most iconic um i think people who are disappointed fans who were disappointed with the direction of the of the motion picture got what they wanted which was a, a movie that linked back to the original show um it was mostly like kirk versus villain um there's some really great special effects that had to be made and all the model work um and we got ricardo montalban and his most macho performance other than maybe naked gun <laughs> more macho than naked gun i just came back to <laughs> who's who is naked gun ricardo montalban oh of course he's the villain in that too that's right he's the evil yeah. businessman that's right i don't yes. I, i'm now no, i'm picturing with the, with the weird zebra fish yeah I'm, I'm now picturing leslie nielsen uh going around the office and like dropping the pen in the fish tank and so on and so on yeah and looking up priscilla presley's legs which have like 10 knees yes mm-hmm. um <laughs> i remember that with the camera's going up her legs and it, it keeps hitting oh, more I, knees I, I'm, yeah actually i don't really remember that but uh it was a joke it was in the second movie but there was definitely a joke with her legs where it, <laughs> it kept going and going and just there kept being more knees and more knees and she has long legs was the joke obviously. She has, yeah she's a very striking woman yes um <laughs> Yeah, no, Ratha Khan is great. Uh, I, um, you know, I, I do like four more. I also like motion picture more, which, you know, paints me in the weirdo category, I guess. But uh, it, has, it has... I only said weirdo because I knew you love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it has the conflict. It has the the, sort of the, the more menacing villain. Well, it, ha- it actually has a villain. The, the first movie doesn't really have a villain <laughs> in, in the, the strictest sense. Um, but, which is kind of something that I love about it, to be honest. But uh, there's, there's obviously a place for this movie to exist. There's, 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 this, this one did have to happen. There had to be a Star Trek movie that had this sort of vibe to it. Um, yeah. And there's a reason why many people love it and think it's the best one. For me, it's like third place. But, you know, uh, better, better, better than Final Frontier, I'll say that much. I mean, a lot of issues. It's better. It's also better than Search for Spock, and it's better than Undiscovered Country. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Even. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm being a little facetious because I uh, happen to love one and four more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how do you really choose? They're all so good. Again, your opinion on the subject is compromised. Mm, maybe. I am a super fan, so I think people could trust me. Five is incredible. It's just such an incredible movie to watch. I mean, William Shatner writes hold himself on, into on, climbing, hold on, hold on. free climbing the El Capitan. <laughs> it is like what his late fifties, early sixties. It's hard to tell because you know he ages Tara. pretty quickly. Yeah, Tara. You can't say that people can trust me and then immediately follow up with the sentence: Star Trek Five is amazing. You can't, you can't, you can't, you, you can't have those two things back to back. It, you sell like a used car salesman, okay? Can That's, you, I mean, uh, <laughs> but, but it's, I'm, there's no lies, like, there's this a is lie. genuine Tara. There's, 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 there's lies detected. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> this is genuine Tara. I, I genuinely enjoy love. Okay. Star Trek Five. I believe that you believe that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's where we are with this. 
Someone get the straight jackets ready. Uh, number 29 is one that we have reviewed. And that is 12 Monkeys. Yeah, okay. This was uh, an interesting rewatch because when this movie came out, like, I thought it was so incredible and, like, smart. And I do think it's smart still. I just don't think it's as... I don't have it on the same pedestal as I used to. Yeah, and um, I, I was on the record as not really been in love with it the first time I saw it, and then watching it again for the show, I just had all the same problems again. I didn't, it didn't budge for me at all. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I think the the ending was just such a like a mind blowing experience to watch the first time that I just I enjoyed rewatching it like as soon as possible so that I can like see all the connecting pieces and well, just maybe young. Young stupid Tara, <laughs> watching movies, thinking that this was the greatest thing that ever came out. But yeah, I had uh, it was an interesting rewatch. Now I have a better picture of is it, is where this stands the, in my zeitgeist. Is this the first one, at, at least out of the ones that we've actually reviewed, that we are actually not that hot on it? But clearly, people are because it's ranking this highly. Probably. I mean, I suspect there'll be other ones. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, very possible. But I, I'm just like, because this one sticks out to me is like, you are lower than you used to be, right? So maybe your mm-hmm. lukewarm is maybe a good way to describe you at this point on this movie. Yeah, there's still a lot in it that I love. It's just not as like, if you would ask me before we rewatched it, it would, it may even be in like my top 20. Just from memory. Yeah. Okay, not lukewarm then. It sounds more positive than that. But the point being is that you were definitely lower on it than you originally were, and I was just in the I don't like this movie <laughs> camp. Like so, yeah. but this one sticks out to me as just being the or the fan base clearly likes this more than we do, which is fair. You know what? Rock your socks off. I, I, but Leisure Tea's better. It's basically the the same idea with all the fat cut out of it. <laughs> yeah, Leisure Tea was really good. Um, that was a surprise. I mean, it's a, just a short film, and it's mostly done in images. And but you're right; it does convey like a similar type of storytelling, which we did review as well. We when we mm-hmm. did Twelve Monkeys, I I said no, we're going to do this as a, like a bonus bit at the end. We have to. Yeah, like, we talked about it for like 15 minutes, but yeah. it, it was um, it was definitely like a good pair to watch together. Yeah, uh, interesting bit of legitimacy because it's only like 20 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever it is. Um, when I put it on to watch because it was on a a service that sort of you know showed classy movies uh, i didn't know it was a short film and i clicked on it so when it ended at 25 minutes i was like wait what <laughs> it's over what happened Where's the did movie? you forget did you forget that short films were a thing yeah i, I don't i don't tend to <laughs> seek them out just because i don't know i just I look for movies but uh yeah. Yeah, whatever that's what it is but yeah 12 monkeys uh highly overrated uh, as far as I'm concerned, but you know, people be people, like we like. It's definitely unique. Hmm. Number twenty-eight is Cube. Not seen it. You haven't seen Cube. Well, we'll do Cube at some point. Mm-hmm. Cube is uh, is is about as low budget and as we can do this attitude as <laughs> as as you get. Uh, they had one set where they changed the color of it and they made it look like they were going into different cubes. And it's a mystery as to why they're there, and some of the cubes are trapped, and they have to try and figure out how to get out. And that's that's basically the movie. And it is 
so simple, but it is so effective and it's fairly well directed and some of the acting's a little bit on the you know, the, the ropier side, but nothing looks so like bad that it, it takes you out of the movie. It, 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 it's kind of like a high quality B movie in a lot of ways, but it's such a cool set and, and inspired, you know, it, was, it became a cult favourite very quickly when it came out. Mm. Um, Sounds very Twilight Zone. A little bit, a little bit. Um, uh, I'm looking for, yeah, that'll be, a, that'll be a fun one to talk about. That'll be a fun one mm-hmm. to cover when we, uh, when we get to it. So, it's good. Um, yeah, I'll just leave that there. Uh, number 27 is Under the Skin. Ooh. Cool. Which we have not done yet, right? No. No. We've uh, talked about it on other lists, though. Yeah. Because obviously this one shows up on all of your lists. And on, on mine, too. I think I included it. I really love, love the film. What do you mean, obviously? Very, because, I mean, you always talk about it. Okay. More so in the beginning of the podcast, you would always bring it up. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's a good movie. Is it is it is very Kubrickian, dare I hey, say? That's what I said. It's Kubrickian. You made fun of me when I said that. But Did it I? stuck. Yeah. <laughs> well clearly it planted a seed that is festered like yes. uh like 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 a bit of mold in the back of my brain. It's <laughs> not how mold works. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no but like it's like super stylized it's mm-hmm. uh it's the sort of thing where if you're not into art house movies you're gonna hate it but no, it, you're gonna hate them. but there's that this atmosphere and this sense of like just observing humanity and this alien who's shown up in scotland and and luring men in somewhere and killing them mm-hmm. is just this methodical cold harsh existence and then of course there's an arc of course there's like things the alien kind of comes to learn and understand and uh, gets curiosity and stuff like that but who is the real monster Zack Snyder (laughs) it was man all along just the one hmm (laughs) <laughs> his name is Zach. no yeah i agree i i refer to it as kubrickian because of its uh its style and just the overall like feeling you get when you watch it it is very like cold is a good dis- description of the of the film like it's just it's shot in a way without any kind of warmth or empathy uh the some of the things that are happening are just so horrific and you can see that their main character who's an alien feels nothing and uh yeah like you said there is an arc but like the the first like hour of the film is uh leaves is so unsettling just with what you're watching yeah uh it's wonderful i loved it i i Mm -hmm. it was it was hard not to love it the first time i saw it and i've seen it a few times now and like it's it's held up to repeat viewings if anything it's gotten better because i've been thinking about what the movie's about you know throughout and sort of seeing how, how that journey goes. Um, but no, mm-hmm. wonderfully stylized piece of filmmaking. Is under the skin, which actually takes us on to the final entry of this half. Of this half right. of the list. And that, funnily enough, is Mad Max Fury Road. 
Oh, okay. See, we bookended oh. with Mad Max, which is just coincidental, but here we are. Uh, we started with Road Warrior and we're ending with Fury Road. Love it. Yeah, I think there's a good place for for it. Like, I, obviously, it's like one of the best movies of the last decade, and really, like, blew people's mind when it came out. Like, it's uh, it's very much a we didn't know we wanted it until we saw the trailer, and then it was like, oh yeah, like I know there's it is you know a, like a reboot sequel thing, prequel even I have no idea where it takes place in the timeline of Mad Max, but. It just it felt so fresh to get a I, I really a movie that wasn't a I really don't think any of those ahead. questions are important in the movie. It's just he's Mad Max, just go with yeah. it. That's it. Just go with it. It's just another story, another tale. Yeah. Um, and it is, but it was just so it was so cool to get something that just looked beautiful and had all this like incredible stunts like. And, and not just like the Mission Impossible stunts, like just so many people all coordinating and like, uh, yeah, being limited to, to what the technology is in this post-apocalypse. Um, it's just so creative and simple and stylized. And it was just such a refreshing thing to get when all the blockbuster movies were the same. Hmm. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's a reaction movie. It's such a simple premise, which is that the entire movie is this chase with the bad guys mm-hmm. chasing down our heroes and everything that comes from the complications of that. The the score's wonderful. The action, which is as much as it can be as like legit stunt work, uh, makes it an exhilarating movie. And I will always remember that Matt thought it looked bad from the trailers, and I said, "You know, Matt, I don't know. It's, it looks like it might be quite good." And he did, he really was convinced that it wasn't going to be that good. I had to kind of talk him out to go to see it, and he has never more gladly ate crow <laughs> than after seeing Mad Max Fury Road. Um, yeah, I always recall that. That's strange because the trailer was like so exciting. <laughs> uh, the trailer was great. The, the trailer was clearly indicating the good movie. But for some reason, I don't know, Matt just didn't see it until he got the movie. Which, well, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't really, it's not a big deal in the long run, but it's just, yeah. Um, but no, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a fantastic film. And it was an experience in the theatre, and it's uh, one of the very few examples of a franchise coming back and not sucking and not making us go, why did you bring this back? And yeah. it's a, an even rarer example of coming back and maybe being the best example in the franchise, which is even more rare. So, uh, credit where credit is due. George Miller still has it as the key thing. And yep. uh, we're we're getting a Furiosa prequel next, apparently, from George Miller, which is not what I would have picked, but you know what? I'll give it a chance. We'll see how it goes. Hey, yeah. George Miller is great. He did all the Magnum Max films. He's done Babe, Babe 2, Pig in the City, also 10 out of 10s. <laughs> um, those are not that's not a lie <laughs> those movies are exceptional they're so good I thought you were going to say Happy Feet which he also did but you know yeah, it's okay do you know that George Miller almost did a Justice League movie <gasps> what what could have been years before although if I remember correctly they cast Army Hammer as Batman so maybe a bullet was dodged in the long run <laughs> maybe I mean how long ago would it have been though 
It was uh, it was like in between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. It was in that kind of period. Mm. So, you know, in mm. hindsight, it'd be it'd be really awful to have to go back and watch a good, otherwise good movie and go, oh no, no but the Batman's in necrophilia or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, what a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't necrophilia. It was it was like eating people. It was more cannibalism, but whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's so weird ego sex thing yes the Vinkelvoss <laughs> twins no he needs help mm. anyway what a weird note to end on but that is the first half of the top 50 sci-fi movies as voted for by our audience mm-hmm. um a couple, couple of things that should be higher and there's a couple of things that i think are overrated but for the most part a lot of the movies i'd have expected to show up are showing up um so we'll see and the fact that Star Trek 2 and 4 were back-to-back tells me that a lot of people had them in either similar places or mm-hmm. or they're equally loved more or less and that's why right. they ended up at the same They're probably kind of like me where they just it's hard to pick a favorite. Mm, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And we got, we got two Star Wars movies so far. We had Last Jedi and Return of the Jedi. Uh, so we have that. I suspect sp- we'll get at least two more. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course we had uh, anything else of note to mention here. Uh, we had two Alex Garland films, and that's him out. Technically three if you count Red, which a uh, couple of art house films too made it. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll see. And perhaps Mystery Science Theater three thousand the movie will will appear in the the top twenty five. I suspect not. <laughs> all signs point to maybe <laughs> but that has been the first half that has been the top 25 so hopefully you have enjoyed us running down this first half and it should hopefully be a week until part 2 uh, so I'm hopefully premiering this on the weekend probably on a Sunday uh, so presumably next Sunday would be uh, part 2 so Look forward to that. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, please do like and subscribe and ding the bell for notifications. Those things help out on YouTube a lot and help the channel grow. Uh, you can, of course, also rate us on your podcast app. Uh, five stars and a review. Uh, helps us out a lot there, too. Whatever it may be, if it's iTunes, Podcast Addict, uh, Podbean, uh, whatever the, the service may be. I haven't heard of any of those. Except for iTunes, I've heard of that. I was just going to say, you've heard of iTunes. Come on. <laughs> Uh, but whatever service you use, uh, give us a favorable rating. I use rating. the Google one. Uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers at the time of recording. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Uh, they are our Patreon producers for the month. But Tara will tell you all about Patreon. That's right. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as low well as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. That's where we tend to throw our maybe lesser known films, uh, B-movies, but they're really fun to watch and Trash. fun to talk about. Yeah, it's a lot of garbage movies there, but some <laughs> good ones too, like Time Cop is there. Um, the, the first few transfers are really good. Uh, <laughs> you know, movies that are, yeah, they're, they're garbage fun. Mm. So go check that out. And if you donate $5 per month, you get to 
vote on what we watch and you get uh, some other stuff. You get access to these a day early. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Although this one's not a day early. This countdown's a special separate thing. Yep. Just, just the, but all uh, of our reviews you get a day early. Yes, yeah, just FYI. <laughs> just making that clear. Because um, it's premiered on YouTube and premieres can't be early on Patreon. That's why. Yeah. So, um... But yeah, so no, I am. Um, that's that's basically the, the gist of it. Uh, that is Patreon. That's all the other things you can do. Get us on the Twitters. Uh, I realise I still have that old Ace one in the corner, but that's because it's been really hard to change it, and I can't be bothered. Uh, <laughs> at least for a while. Um. So I, I but I will say, uh, get us on Patreon or sorry on Twitter at Screams Midnight, and you're thinking that's the Screams After Midnight Twitter, and it is. It's the same handle. But that Twitter has turned into the Mailed Fuzz Movies Twitter. So it's at Screamers Midnight, but it's also where you get updates for the Ace and things of that nature. And, cool. Secret, and Secret Hockey Mask, and of course Screams After Midnight, and anything else that's on Mailed Fuzz Movies. That is where that will be pimped out and promoted, and you can ask us questions there if you wish, and so on and so on. Uh, but that is, that is it. That is the show. That is us. So hopefully you've had fun with this first half of the Top 25. Look forward to the finale next week. And we will see you then. So keep watching science fiction and computer at Salsa. Thanks for everyone who submitted. Thank you. That wasn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs>